We've got to develop more sensitivity and less self-sacrificing. It is not better to give than it is to receive. Both of them are completely valid. Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Well, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski, and I'm excited today for my guest who is joining me today. Um, as you hear when you listen to my podcast, I, I'm a busy gal. I do a lot of networking. I love to meet other people, a lot, love to meet other women, to connect with others, to hear what their story is, um, to see how I can support them see what they're up to and things like that. And today I have a really awesome gal with me. I'm just can't wait to get in to our conversation. Tazima Paris is someone that I met again at a networking event. And um, she's a sex coach and a pleasure mentor. She works with women over 40 to bring them from resentful to radiant. And before you turn this off and like go to the next one and wonder like what the heck this person is on my podcast for, please sit tight and listen, because we're going to talk about, um, we're not going to talk about sex and that type of pleasure, but we're going to have a nice conversation about how we're going to talk about women and how we often say no to ourselves as we're taking care of so many people, so many others. And you've heard that story of me on this podcast on how things, my health started to decline, my mental health started to decline as I was taking care of my, trying to take care of my daughter so much and my family and my business. And we say no to so many things as women and sometimes never know how to get back to that. Like you said, like she has said, radiant. So before I continue to keep talking, I'll welcome you uh, to Zima. Thank you for um, joining me today. Can't wait to get started on our conversation. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. I'm honored. I'm delighted and I'm ready to have a little chit chat. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I know that during my journey um, of life, if you will, and certainly the last, you know, seven or so years, you know, as I've, as I've learned how to put myself first and um, put my oxygen mask on first. Sometimes, and I think I shared with you this with you as we talked first um, off air is just, I was kind of waiting for things to get better and waiting for the joy to come back into my life and realize that I was the person that needed to go find it. <laughs> so, and um, again, we'll get, we'll get into that as, as we, we get on, but um, I'm excited again, because I think it's very applicable to many people, many women, again, this conversation and what you, how you help women. So, but it all starts with a story, right? Um, I know that you have a story of why you are really passionate about what you do today to help other women. Mm -hmm. And it started with your own experience in, um, well, I'm going to let you explain that. So let's start with your story again, how you came to be again, so passionate about what you're doing. I tell people, you know, share what you're comfortable with. We don't have to have all the dirty details, but just really share what you're comfortable with. And really it was most appropriate um, for this conversation that we're having today. Absolutely. 
So again, I'm honored to be here. I'm really glad to share my story. And I'm sure that some women will be able to relate to what I'm saying. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and even if you got to squeeze the details a little bit, I'm sure there are definitely themes that I find throughout women's stories. So even before I get into my own story, I want to say that my primary way of helping women is to help them to prioritize pleasure. Yes, all genders could benefit from prioritizing pleasure, except that part of the problem specifically for people who have the hormones and the bodies of women or the female body, we are literally wired to take care of other people. Part of the reason why they have to actually announce it on the airplane to put the oxygen mask on yourself first before helping others is to combat our natural tendency to care for others, even to the point of sacrificing ourselves. Mm. So I want to just put out there that if you're, you know, if you're a woman, you know, I was that woman, even though I have training, even though I've done, you know, years of personal growth work, I was a woman who wasn't putting myself first. I wasn't putting my pleasure first. I was taking care of other people. I was sacrificing myself. And, uh, and that's, this is part of it. Me discovering and learning, oh, it's literally my brain. It's not just society convincing us that we're a bad mom or a bad woman if we don't put other people's birth. It's literally our physical brains and how it's wired and how the hormones work. So getting myself to a place where I understood that was like such a relief, mm-hmm. <laughs> such a relief. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I wanted that. That's like kind of my PSA to flow into my story. So this much like you were saying with the pandemic and like waiting for the life to come back and, you know, Oh, like, I don't know where this stuff is going and we're in quarantine and like this disease is rampaging out of control. And like, like we don't know what the hell. And there's, <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no, you know, at, at the time, especially when I was first developing this content in the format that it's in right now, I was in a space of, I had some pain around literally my entire life being shut down. Even though I had been coaching people from my work online since probably 2014-ish, 2013-14, I was already coaching people online or on the phone. And 2015, definitely when I launched the sexuality aspect of my business, I was certainly coaching people online because of how I was running my life. I had lived on the East coast and the West coast twice and come back to Chicago a couple of times in between. And then, you know, I'm back in Chicago now. And so my, my practice was national. It was, you know, mm-hmm. of course I'm, I'm not going to tell my people, well, I can't come out to California. No, we're going to get on the video. So that wasn't a problem for me. That wasn't a come up, the come up skill set that I had to learn. What was the shift for me is that I met people in person. I didn't have a big online presence at the time. I, was, I wasn't set up to, for people to find me online and then come and then inquire. And I wasn't set up for that. So, and because I'm, a, because I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a solopreneur, meaning I don't have an assistant and a team. It's me doing all the work. My networking buddies and my colleagues, people who were in 
you know, in their own businesses, those are my coworkers. And we used to have co-working days where we'd get together. And so mm-hmm. all of that shut down and I felt super isolated. I was married at the time and my uh, husband, his work got busier because he worked in the healthcare sector. And so he had more activity and I was at home grieving the loss of all of this stuff. It was mm-hmm. terrible. I was in so much grief uh, and he couldn't understand at all. Like there was no space of understanding. Like he didn't have anything with which to understand what I was going through. It was like, well, why can't you just like, you're, you're fine. You're not dead. Like you're not sick. It's fine. And I'm like, no, like my whole life is gone. And we, he and I were having our own challenges in general, as all couples do. And I there were some tendencies that I saw happening. Uh, and to make a long short story short, we had a particular pattern that would show up where we'd kind of slip into it. And then we'd get into that fighting a loop where we would fight and fight and fight and be hours and hours of like hours and even days, just terrible Mm -hmm. fighting. And it would get ugly. And I, up to this point, I had never had the experience of having someone actually literally be, you know, emotionally abusive to me, uh, verbally abusive to me. And it, it was really upsetting, not just like it was upsetting because I'm a trained coach for relationships like that. It was not just like a regular, like, oh, it's upsetting that we're fighting. It's like, uh, oh, it's upsetting. And I'm using the highest quality skills in this situation. Like I'm being totally responsible. I'm being like, I'm saying the things that you should say, quote unquote, what you should say in these situations and things were kept spiraling and I couldn't get out of it. I'm going to pause on that part of the kind of spiraling aspect to go to what I was doing in the time when he would be at work and I would be at home. Cause I, mm-hmm. you know, things got escalated to a ch- ch- really challenging space. And I was so upset and distraught about everything that was happening and myself. And then the social justice issues that were happening, uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor's murders were also deeply upsetting to me. I have, you know, young men, uh, in my family who are, who might be on the street doing whatever and get pulled over. Even, you know, even myself, there were, I was having a moment where I was driving to my apartment, um, you know, during the pandemic and there was a police officer following me and behind me in traffic. He wasn't following me, but it felt like he was following me. So that I had this kind of mm-hmm. sensation of just being like, nothing is working. I feel really afraid. I feel really upset. So was, things were really fairly bleak. And I went back to the basics. My, my shift and transition space was like, let me go back to the basics. What is the basics for me? What would have me feel happy today? And, and barring happy, like if I can't get to happy, what would help me be functional today? What would help me do the very basic minimum stuff today? 
And sometimes that was, thank goodness at this time, I had this really fabulous bathtub and I, I'm team <laughs> bath. I had fabulous. I would get like these bath bombs and like, I, I didn't get to the making of them. I don't have the time for it. <laughs> I know mm-hmm. they're simple. Like I just don't want the stuff. So get right. a bath bomb or like get the bath salts and like candles and I'd make my tea and like, just, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Cause I can't go to the spa. That, that used to be my thing. I used to go to the spa, like, you know, a day during the weekday and like, you know, do my hair and like do, you know, have a spa day for myself in mm-hmm. the middle of the week. Cause I'm an entrepreneur. I can do it. <laughs> right. That's right. But the spa was shut down. Couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me do my own spa day at home. And so even if just for one hour in a day, I could just do that, like really take care of myself. I'd make myself fancy hot chocolate or some fabulous tea. And I felt better. And I was like, okay. So that got me a little bit of traction. And then there was a little more traction and there was a little more traction. I, I came up with five things that I would do each day that were non-negotiable that really supported me to feel at least functional, if not happy sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that also interestingly helped me to have the courage to say, I'm not being treated well by you. Like you're not meeting, you know, my, my partner at the time, he wasn't meeting my standard for how I treat myself. So the better I treated myself, the less I even could tolerate not being treated as well as I'm treating myself. When you said that, it's like, I, it totally makes sense. When I think about Again, myself in a space of having a child who's in, you know, treatment facilities, who's struggling with their own mental health. They say that, uh, you know, your child will call the person that they feel the safest with. And she tended to call me and sometimes my, and my other children too, when they were, you know, at school or someplace and struggling, they tended to call me and then just pile it on, you know, and then like, and just bitch and complain and all this stuff. And it's just like, and when you said that, it's like, yeah, when you're not feeling, when I wasn't feeling strong enough about myself saying, you know, like I didn't know how to, it's about, cause remember what, well, not remember, but I know I've learned that boundaries is how we show other people how to treat us, treat ourselves. Right. And so when I wasn't comfortable with a boundary of saying, listen, this is not acceptable to me the way that you're speaking to me, be it my child, be it your husband or a mate or something like that. If we don't, if when I didn't feel strong enough to say, listen, this isn't acceptable. Like it went on and on and on. And you felt like it was just overwhelming. So I totally relate to that when you're like, okay, you felt stronger because you were taking care of yourself and pouring that self-love into you. And it did make you realize that you weren't getting it from anybody else. Yeah. And, and this is what I encourage for folks is, is it's not about like doing this grand things. And I mentioned it taking an hour for myself. I get that some moms don't have an hour. I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. And there's only so early you can wake up after going to sleep late. (laughs) Like I really, really get it. And there's going to be a, at some point you're going to take a shower. At some point, you're going to brush your teeth. At some point, you're going to feed yourself. And even when I made those mundane activities a little more special, if I made it a little more special, it puts a little more pleasure in there. And that's what I'm talking about. 
there's not really a time now in my life today where I'm not playing music during my shower. Cause I no longer have that super fabulous bathtub <laughs> that I used to have. I've, yeah. I've moved to a different place and I don't have a fabulous bathtub, but I do have fabulous windows. So I'm delighted about that. Mm. And there's no day really that I will have a shower without music. I put on the music that feels good to me that day. And I have the music match my mood. This is one thing that I really encourage mm. when I'm talking about pleasure. It's not always like happy, fun, yay, you know, jumping off the walls, pleasure. That's not what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's literally like if I feel angry or sad or frustrated or one of those uncomfortable emotions, there's no such thing as good in emotions and bad emotions, by the way, <laughs> they're all mm -hmm. fantastic. And they all provide us with fantastic information about where That's we are right. and what we yes. want. They're great. I love emotions. And if I'm feeling kind of angry, I will put on my angry playlist. If I'm feeling kind of sassy, I'm putting on my sassy playlist. Mm -hmm. If I'm feeling sexy, I'm going to put on my sexy playlist. If I'm feeling uh, if I'm feeling sad, I put on my sad, like, Ugh, you know, mm -hmm. really. <laughs> totally get it. I mean, my daughter came home the other day, the other night and I had, um, you know, put on, turned on the speaker and turned on some like smooth jazz, you know, on my Pandora. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know what word she used. I forget, but she's like, <laughs> oh, you got to not, she didn't say, oh, you got it going on, but it was kind of that. Yeah. And, but I remember like when she, like last year, when, um, you know, in the midst of this time. And, mm -hmm. um, I started to do that. I, I mean, I started to ballroom dance. I think I, we talked about this, but I started taking, and I love music. And so, yeah. you know, I started to do the dancing and then sometimes, and most of the time at home, I was making dinner by myself. So I started to do that. I pulled up some smooth jazz music and I just turned it up loud and I love right. to cook. It's like therapy for me. So you just, yeah, you just do it, right? You just yeah. turn it on and it changes. It fills you. It just fills me with, I just, I just love it. Yeah, it, totally. And, and people think, you know, when, when women, my, when women come to me or they're my clients and we're, we're talking about things, they, I have found that they tend to avoid the quote unquote negative emotions or the uncomfortable emotions not because they don't want to feel them, but they're afraid that if they start to let themselves feel the thing that it won't ever end. Mm. Like that's actually the fear It's like, Oh my God, if I, if I do it, I'm just going to not be able to stop crying. That's actually not true. <laughs> it's not true. Usually what I've found more times than not more often than not really allowing yourself to fully feel the emotion it takes about 90 seconds. Hmm. Now, if you really go for it, I mean, if you watch a baby, like, yes, babies' lives are not that complex, <laughs> but like, we're not really that much more advanced than babies <laughs> or, or small <laughs> children. We're really not. We just have better vocabularies <laughs> and, <laughs> and more bank. We more can dress ourselves, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we can, right, a little more <laughs> muscular. <laughs> control. All right. Right. Uh, but really like when I have guided clients to be able to like, give it to me, like go for it. What is the feeling that you're feeling like, and then just hundred percent go for it. 
I'm giving you, you know, 90 seconds. Usually they're done in 30, 45, 90s, mm-hmm. definitely 90 seconds. It usually doesn't take much longer than that. Um, mm-hmm. And what makes it take longer and we actually suffer more because of it is because we're resisting what's coming up. Mm-hmm. And we even resist pleasure. So we're resisting, yeah, those like uncomfortable emotions, but we're, I also observe so many women resist. Oh, well, I can't, you know, I got so much going on. I'm like, yeah, actually you don't. <laughs> you, you, I mean, right. everyone that I've worked with, if they have something really, really important, and then instead of just, you know, wash and go, and they use that special lotion, that they got as a gift from their very good friend, (laughs) you know, if they use the special lotion or they fix the specialty or they get the special latte, it feels different in their lives. Like Mm -hmm. they feel different. So they show up differently. So all that busy stuff, please stop. (laughs) Like, yes, you, you may be busy and you can totally make whatever you're doing easier by prioritizing pleasure or inserting a little bit of some kind of little something. I have these orchids or people can't see the orchids on the recording, but I love orchids. My orchids are real. I have five plants and Mm. they're gorgeous. They're all blooming right now, which is delightful. Sometimes I will literally just look into an orchid. Mm -hmm. It's so fascinating and beautiful. I feel better as soon as I look at them. They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it can be really simple things. Have you read the book or listened to it? Uh, Audacity, um, the audacity of a queen or to be a queen. I didn't, I haven't. Who is it? Yeah. It's in my audible and um, okay. Uh, I'll see if I can find it, but he was taught. She was talking about uh, feminine energy and neg- masculine energy. Let's see if we can find the Gina DeVee, uh, capital yeah. So yeah. It's, you know, the unapologetic art of dreaming big and manifesting your most fabulous life. I think you will really love the book and um, those listening, you know, find it on Audible or get from the library. But it talked about that masculine energy and the feminine energy and like the masculine is the get things done and the lists and the, Mm -hmm. you know, solving problems and stuff like that. And that feminine is the play and the fun and the things like that. And, you know, again, I don't remember everything that she was saying, but it's that basic premise that. And I know that, I mean, I could relate to it this morning. Like I've, I live so much in that masculine energy. Yeah. I mean, I'm a mom of four, I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like it's just a struggling child and then a sick mother. And it's like, we just, we just get it done. Right. Yeah. And we don't, like I saw as you were doing, like put it in there. Like we don't open the door up. We don't even like unlock the door or even say yeah. there's a possibility that we could open the window to a little bit of something. Because I think that sometimes when people say pleasure, they have these connotations. Well, what does that mean? Or like I've talked about this on this podcast, like when we ask for help. Well, I like to say now, well, we just ask, we need to ask for support. Yeah. Because help, at least for me, help meant I was incapable and I just couldn't get things done. And I was just, it was a, I was a mess. Yeah. There's, there's a, yeah. I want to actually speak to that. There's a ridiculous amount of shame around help and having needs for women. Mm. 
This is actually different for women and men. And yes, there are some men who, especially men who identify as people pleasers, they have this thing too. And our chemistry works a little bit differently. They have testosterone, even a people pleaser will have man will have enough testosterone to like push through. Do you know that the top hormonal imbalance for women is adrenal fatigue? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah. Why is that? Because all of us are so trained in doing this masculine thing and go, go, go. Our adrenals, women's adrenals are the things that produce testosterone. Even what, like whatever we have, men have 30 times more testosterone than we do. We cannot do what natural, mm-hmm. naturally testicle produce, you know, testicle right. produced testosterone can do. We don't have it and we shouldn't try to have it. Mm-hmm. Like there's no reason that we should try to be doing on the level that men do. I'm not saying that women are weaker. I'm saying that women are different. Right. We don't have it to, to go hard the way that men do. We just don't have mm-hmm. it. And then we want to, then because we're these helpers, we project our need for rest onto the men, (laughs) men's needs. So this brings us back to the needs and, and, and needing help. We project being needy onto our needs. Men relate to their needs, that their needs are urgent and important. They will handle their needs. If a man has to pee, he'll go pee. One of my favorite questions to ask women when I'm in groups with them, when I'm teaching a class is who held their pee today to do something and get something done? Who has done it? And everyone will raise their hands. If I'm in a group of women, everyone will raise their hands. And then I have a contest for how long they waited. (laughs) Hour, two hours, three hours. One presentation I did, a woman said she waited so long to pee. She forgot she had to pee. That's like, that's not possible. It's terrible. It's terrible. Mm -hmm. And a woman sitting next to her told me, (laughs) defended the same woman saying she has an important job. What? No, <laughs> this, this is ridiculous. Yeah. So this is how, like, even just in this example, you can see demonstrated how women relate to their needs. So if our needs are on the back burner or being forgotten, the things that bring us pleasure, fun, enjoyment that would actually enhance us being able to complete our to-do list. Mm-hmm. Those things are absolutely in the freezer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely in the freezer. We we don't even have access to it. Right. And it's and it's 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 terrible because we could be getting so much more support. We could be getting so much more help if we didn't have the shame around our own pleasure and around handling our own needs, even to the point of our own detriment. Yeah, and I think that women are looking for someone to give them permission to go do the thing or, you know, take the class or take the bath or whatever, instead of standing up for themselves and saying, well, I'm going to go do this. You know, like that's what I'll tell people. It's like, well, now I say, listen, I mean, although 
I'm just about an empty nester. So I don't have kids that are going to bother me in the bathroom, but it's like, I'm going to take a bath. And unless you're bleeding or like the house is on fire, I really Mm -hmm. don't want to hear from you. Yeah. Like until I come out until I choose to come out. Well, some people would be like, well, how can you do that? I'm like, yeah, because I can. It's called a boundary. But for so long, I never did. And I think that again, we've talked about this on the podcast. I have like those generational patterns. And so you saw a mother who just go, 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 go. You know, my mother, every Sunday morning, she was up and she was making pancakes and she was making waffles and Mm -hmm. serving us breakfast before we went to church. I don't know if my mother ate breakfast on those Sundays, but she was always up and dressed and ready to go. But that's what you did. Like you took care of everybody else before you took care of yourself. And so we see that and we think it's normal as we carry on with life. Mm-hmm. And um, um, yeah, and yeah. it's like, and, they then, have, yeah. and then, then you end up with adrenal fatigue. <laughs> and then and you I end did. Up with- that's what was happening. That's I mean, yeah. that's what was happening with me. Yeah. Like I'm the wellness guru and the, you know, nurse that's taking care, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. and that's what was happening to me as I started to realize, you know, I was getting you know, the hot flashes coming back and the waking up in the middle of the night. And then the, you know, the exhaustion and the, mm-hmm. even though I was like, I can run with the best of them, you know, but it was like, wasn't sleeping. The anxiety is, and I talked to, you know, one of my nutrition mentors and that's what we talked about. She goes, you've been on, under an incredible amount of stress and you need to take care of your adrenals first before you start thinking about taking care of your heart, you know, the, like if it's hot flashes and, you know, I take natural supplements. So I was kind of taking things very directed at, you know, my energy and my hot flashes. But as I took care of my adrenals and then started to do some of these other things, you know, in addition to the nutrition, mm-hmm. wow, all of a sudden I felt better. Those, hor- those hot flashes went away. I slept yeah. better. Like, it's incredible, but it's because of that, the adrenals, you know? Yeah. yeah. What I encourage women to do is don't wait till you get adrenal fatigue. Like don't, mm-hmm. like, don't, don't wait until you're all jacked up. And I understand that sometimes it takes a, a health crisis to get our attention. I really mm-hmm. understand that. I used to be a, before I was teaching about sex and pleasure, I was a health coach and a yoga teacher and, you know, holistic health. And I used to teach, I, I was in college, I trained as a food science and I actually worked in the food industry. So I know mm-hmm. there's garbage in the packaging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they package it at food as food, but yeah, it's really not. <laughs> really, I, I know from the inside, it's terrible. It's terrible. And I say all that to say, we've got to develop more sensitivity and less self-sacrificing. It is not better to give than it is to receive. Both of them are completely valid. We have a society that is very skewed toward contribution and earning your way into being a person who's respected in this society. You don't have to earn it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to earn your value. Like mm-hmm. if, if, if there's nothing else people hear from this, it's like, you don't have to earn it. You don't owe anybody anything. Yes. Young children need to be handled and fed if they can't. Yes, that is true. And the five minutes that it will take for you to breathe for a moment and, or even five breaths Mm-hmm. to deep breathe just before you do the next thing. Go pee immediately when you have to say, Hey, 
I'll be right back. <laughs> got, mm-hmm. got to take a moment for do it. No yeah. one's going to be pissed if you go to the bathroom. <laughs> like you're not ruining no. anyone's life by no. going to the bathroom. Okay. But even what this gal said, I'm pretty sure it was when I was listening to the the book this morning. Yeah. You know, even if, because I have a morning routine, I've talked about this on the podcast too. Sometimes it lasts 15 minutes. Sometimes it lasts over an hour, but it can be just that simple as, okay, five minutes of, or five breaths or five minutes of writing in your journal, five minutes of saying, Hey, these are the five things I'm grateful for today. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be this big. I mean, it's wonderful when you can turn, when you can light the candles and you can throw the bath bombs in and grab your glass of wine in your book and your soft music. I mean, it's great, but you know, we don't always have time for that or make time for this. So that's fine, but it can be that simple. I'm giving myself a little bit of time, you know, and I really do want to give again, the light to someone like you and my friend who I'm, you know, introducing you to that. And just like I'm a wellness coach and you can probably appreciate this being a health coach. Like sometimes we need a little bit of guidance. Yeah. Like with you, I, I mean, and for those that are listening, like I encourage you, like if it's something that you need help with in regards to sex and pleasure and stuff like that, go to someone like you go to an expert that can really help you feel safe in that. Because my friend who I talk with you about, she does these fireside chats and they're this safe space that women can go to and talk about those things. And sometimes it takes something like that, or that's, that can be very helpful. And then I also know with me with ballroom dance, like that's been my form of like, I didn't realize until I got there, like of healing and like open me up and like they, my instructor creates this safe space for me to be there, Mm -hmm. to be like, you know, vulnerable and like, I don't know what I'm doing, but he encourages me and I feel kind of beautiful and stuff like that when I dance. So it it can be somebody like you, but it also can be Mm dance or cooking or yeah whatever it is 100% learning to play the piano but it can be something else that's yeah a little out of the ordinary which is that's I bring it up because that's what I learned I was like yeah wow I'm like I think this dance is like it's like it's like a healing therapy for me it's really it is. helping me get into that feminine because again I've lived so much in my head in that masculine space yeah and and it's uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable space to be really all this and feel like, wow, I'm beautiful and all this and that. Mm-hmm. I share this a lot that pleasure is really personal. It's really personal. And that's actually what makes pleasure kind of vulnerable as well. It's yes, we don't prioritize it, but it's also vulnerable to say, I like this because then mm-hmm. people know like you, you, you said, I like this or I want this. And then you open yourself up to not have it, which feels even scarier than not prioritizing it or feels mm-hmm. like more vulnerable in some ways. And being a human being, we, we all want to get away from pain and toward pleasure. We all want it. That's literally all we're doing all the time. If we break mm-hmm. it down to the most basic. True. And that's why. <laughs> That's why substances tend to be such a, an easy go-to, the glass of wine or the second glass of wine or the third glass of wine, or you know, our sweet treats or salty treats, fatty treats. That stuff is 
easy go-to because it's so readily available or it's binging, you know, a show that is really not, not, not contributing to your well-being. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's whatever it is. There are all these, the things that are easy for us to check out mm-hmm. are low hanging fruit. And it feels like pleasure. And when I used to coach for, for, for holistic health, I used to say to my people, don't eat for your taste buds. You got to eat for your whole body. The taste buds are just like, they're just, they're just where it goes in. But if, if it's not helping your entire body, these taste buds won't have anywhere to live. (laughs) I like that. I like that. I'm going to write that one down. That's a good one. (laughs) Please use it. I'm not going to be talking about food ever. (laughs) Yeah. Not anyway. I, I like talking about sex and pleasure for women. Yeah. Um, so, so when we take it back to the pleasure ar- arena, we've got to think about these task lists and the, this masculine way of being in the world as the low hanging fruit. That's what, where, how we've all been trained. This is a patriarchy and I'm not going to rail against the patriarchy. I'm, there are some things that are really helpful that the masculine brings to the table. Fantastic. And we overvalue it. And then Mm -hmm. we undervalue the feminine values that we bring kind of naturally. Also, by the way, did you know (laughs) that all of the trainings that they do for people who are in leadership, most of what they're teaching them are things that are in the feminine wheelhouse. The things that make people the most successful leaders and the most effective people in the world are feminine values, things that come with the feminine. And if we don't pay attention to those things that are inherent to women, are inherent to people who have female bodies, if we don't honor those things, who will? By the way, people get paid a lot of money to teach things that you are just naturally good at. <laughs> like, mm. You know, like you, you can take advantage of something that is inherently in you and the reason that people like me exist is to help break people out of their habits and all the baggage that we have and all the stories that we've been telling ourselves over the many, many years that we've been just trying to exist and just trying to live and just trying to be okay in this world that feels so, it can feel so upsetting. It can mm-hmm. feel so challenging. Um, and so, so I say all that to say needing help or wanting help or wanting support, there's, there's no shame in it. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Anything, anything that you want to change about yourself, it's going to take some energy and it's much easier to slip back into the groove that you're in than it mm-hmm. is to do something different. Most people will need some kind of support to do something different. And yet if you don't have testosterone, it's really hard and <laughs> not as right. much as it, like, it's right. just really, really, really hard. Right. And everything about our society rails against that. So I say all that to say, it, it doesn't even have to be me. I don't even care. Like I mm-hmm. love helping people. It doesn't have to, but get help, get support, mm-hmm. right? Get support from someone. Right. And, you know, again, I've been on, you know, support groups again, watching, women talk, if you will, about, again, just how they're just, again, low, exhausted, giving to, and they just, you know, this disorder is getting the best of them, all of this and that. There's so Mm -hmm. many people in that space. And, and again, as I've said so many times on this, it doesn't have to be like, it can be like, Hey, let's, I need somebody to go to the movie with me, or would you go for a walk with me? I mean, that can be 
asking for help, asking for some support. I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, and it can be, can you meet me at the yoga or can you make sure that I, you know, meet you at the yoga studio or you meet me there so that I can do this or, um, you know, whatever, go into the, to the book club at the library because it gets you out of your house and you, you know, whatever, get distracted by reading a good book or something like that. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, it's, there, there are so many things. And I say that because I've learned that myself. Again, I just yeah. shut that all out. Or sometimes I think women get so exhausted and so depleted, they just don't even know what to do. And so it is, like you said, it's easier to go to the low hanging fruits. Like, fine, my husband's out of town with the kids for hockey. So I'm just going to binge this show and I'm going to watch all episodes and I'm going to drink wine and eat chocolate chip cookies because that's the easy thing to do. Very easy. It's more difficult to maybe be a little vulnerable and call your girlfriend and say, man, I'm having a hard time today. Like, can you just come and sit with me or can you stay on the phone with me so that I don't, you know? Yeah. And I was going to actually say my big ask for, for people is, you know, several of my friends don't drive. And so I'm used to being the person who either meets them or like makes the arrangements so that they're convenienced. And I had this experience for my birthday this year. And I, you know, my friends were doing all this stuff and I knew they, it was kind of a secret party, but my big kind of like my growth edge, my growth opportunity was asking for the festivities to occur in a place that was close to me instead of like, instead of like going somewhere farther so that I now I have to drive myself home. I was like, no, I really prefer to be close to where I live. And that was like, that felt like vulnerable for me to ask. Mm -hmm. And the way these women showed up for me was so gorgeous. I felt so loved. They did all this stuff. It was beautiful. Mm. It was beyond anything that I could have even imagined. Uh, Mm. and you, that's, that's part of this pleasure practice is learning how to receive, learning how to actually receive the report, not only ask for it, but actually Mm -hmm. receive it and let people show up for you. So yeah, that's, that's another piece of it that I want to make sure is in here. Cause sometimes Pleasure means not doing something, mm-hmm. delegating it, asking someone to come be with you or do something on your behalf instead of mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe I can do something nice for myself. No, actually, you can ask somebody else. And if you got a, a supportive partner, you could ask that supportive partner to do something nice for you right. as well. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think, again, I th- think women just need to to just be open to that and just think a little bit more and like, because what we've been talking about, I think just continues to happen. And they're just not, you know, they're not prioritizing pleasure because they're not prioritizing themselves, you know, and we're down on that list and um, it's okay to be, to put yourself on the top of that. It's not only okay, it's, it, it will change your life Mm -hmm. and no one will suffer. I promise you the women that I work with, I, I have no doubt that any woman that I work with, the women I attract tend to be really responsible. (laughs) They tend to be world changers. They're making a difference in the world or they want to, they're working toward that. They're highly skilled at what they do. They're like, if they do it kind of like, okay job, 
everyone else thinks that job is really fabulous. I attract really responsible people. So Mm. I'm not worried about any of the women who work with me falling down on the job that they're not going to get things done. No, they're going to get things done even more excellently than they already do because they'll have the energy to do it. Right. And as you know, I've, as I've learned and, um, and talked with others about it, like we do have, you know, we do have this ability to empower other women. Like as we take care of ourselves, we can empower others. And as much as like, that's been humbling for me at times. Like I, I, you know, I self-published a journal, you know, and I was like, oh, it's just a little journal, but like, one of my friends said, well, why don't you do a book signing? I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it's just a journal. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah but it's your book. I'm like you created it, like do a book signing. It's amazing. So I was like, okay. So I threw something together yeah. and I was just so humbled. Like all these women came out and they sat and they listened to me talk. I was like, yeah. it's just a journal. But you know, I shared my story of how I got there. And it was like, yeah. it was very, it was very humbling, but I was like, wow, it was that like, Wow, we do have the ability that as we take care of ourselves and we prioritize ourselves and we learn all these things, yes, we can do it for ourselves, but we can do it for others and we can empower others. I mean, a gal that I had lunch with today, we talked about some things and then she said, what about that dress you wore for that ballroom dance competition you were in? She's like, that was incredible. We talked about that. And we, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. again, I started dancing for me. I've learned that it's empowering for other women. A woman said to me one time when I saw her out at a networking event and we just met over Zoom and and we talked about some things, you know, it's great to meet you in person. And then she said, and you know about that dance? She said, I know how busy you are because I see you and I know what you do. And and the fact that you take time for yourself and go and dance. I mean, she started, she got tears in her eyes and she got emotional and she said, it gives me, she said, I respect you so much. Yeah. And it like gives me permit, like it gives me hope or permission or, you know, that, that, wow, that, yeah, that that's what something that I should do because yeah. it's important. And I see, you know, I see you and that kind of things. And I think in the end, that's what everybody, you know, people, we want to be seen and respected for who, and that's another discussion too. But I mean, yeah. I, I just, I don't want it. To, I want to end the conversation, you know, without saying that, um, is that we um, we do have the ability to encourage other women and to empower other women. And um, again, it wasn't necessarily um, an example that I saw, although my mother was very empowering as I saw her past last year and all the impact that she had on people's lives. Like we do have that. Mm-hmm. And um, it can be kind of humbling or we'd be like, no, 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 no. But I think that's what women need. We need that example of somebody like you or perhaps somebody like me that can say it's okay. It's okay to give yourself permission to go take a bath or to yeah. go hire a coach or to go for a walk by yourself. It's really okay. Yeah. Or pee you know? immediately. <laughs> or pee immediately. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So as we wrap this up, do you, I mean, I'm just, I love this. I know we could talk uh, many, many more yes. times and we yeah. will, but um, any last words here? I mean, we'll put, please tell people where they can find you. I know you're in Chicago sure. and you, so share your website or where they can find you um, sure. socially and sure. um, just some last words for the audience. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll share with you uh, first how to get in contact with me. Um, you can reach me at infinite, like the infinity symbol, infinite relating 
Com. That's my website. If you go on Instagram, uh, it's Tazima Paris. I assume you'll put my how to spell that in the show yeah. notes, but it's a double R. Uh, so the Instagram in my the link on my page has a link to some goodies and other podcasts that I've done and recordings and some free goodies that you can get started with pleasure. There's a an exercise called the pleasure cup. I offer it for free because I know how helpful it can be for folks to at least get started with it. And there's a place where you can set up a time to talk with me, both on my website as well as on the link that I share on Instagram. And as far as parting words, one thing I love to say, I share this with people all the time. Actually, I'm going to give you two Tazima quotes. Okay. The first one is the only way that you can get to the land of intimacy is through the valley of vulnerability. And I say that because of how much we've been talking about vulnerability in this conversation. It's vulnerable, but you'll become more intimate, not only with yourself, but with other people in your life. So if you're feeling isolated, you're feeling like you're not connected, people don't understand you, that vulnerability is what gets you to that space of intimacy. And I'm not just talking about sexual intimacy. I'm talking about any kind of relational intimacy. Mm -hmm. Vulnerability is required. You can't get there without it. The second Tazima quote (laughs) is, Mm -hmm. pleasure is the antidote to resentment. Mm. it just is it just mm. is yeah, <laughs> pleasure is the crazy. antidote to resentment take that with you put it in your pocket mm. you do the fill your pleasure cup exercise and like you know let me know if you need support i'm i'm here for it yeah yeah well thank you i'm so blessed to have met you at that uh, meeting and that we can continue this conversation here and uh Absolutely. I, um it was just great um yeah. and again just that message is that um, we do need to take care of ourselves and, um, you know, and give ourselves permission and it's really okay. Um, at the end of the day, as I say, that's all I have is me, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, I'm going to take care of me and, um, yeah. and that's, and I'm the most important, you know, Absolutely. you know, important thing. And I think we can all be also that living example, right? Just like I said, you know, we can be that, we can empower other people and be that living example. And then those others, others that watch, we, they have a choice of what, you know, what they'll do with that example that we share. But yeah. um, thank you so much for being here. As always, I hope listeners, you loved this conversation. I know it was a little bit, may have been different than what we've had before. But again, I think it's just, I love how the universe leads me to different people, mm-hmm. opens up those conversations so that I can bring them to you who are listening here on the podcast. So thank you for being here, Tazima. Thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on the next awesome podcast. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe. And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know, as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.